Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book writer, publisher and jolly good chap, Joey Oliveira, about what comics he would take into a super-intelligent ape uprising apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, Comic Scene, where you can read comic news and become part of a community of fellow comic book lovers. To find out more, be sure to visit comicscene.org. On a side note, if you enjoyed the show today, please, please, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Joey Oliveira. How's it going? Hi, man. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, we were just talking about the uh, the wonders of being a father of a of a one year old. It's yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. tough. I mean, I've been through it once already. So, but this is this is the <laughs> first time I think, isn't it? First, first uh, go around. Yeah, maybe my last after uh, this <laughs> this experience. But no, it's all good. It's all good. Nah, it's good fun, isn't it? Isn't it? It's really good yeah. fun. Um, well, uh, Joey, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, and um, yeah, just to give it a little bit of background, we we actually met, and I don't know if you remember, we met at True Believers, I think, in 2018. Mm, I, I think, think. Happened, yeah. it's pretty wild. And I actually bought two, 2084, The New Order, oh, yeah, yeah. from you yeah. at that time. Um, which it was a not, it was a great little book, um, and uh, yeah, no, I've kind of just been been watching you flourish ever since. So for everybody, for anyone that hasn't come across you just yet, uh, what do you do in the world of comics? Um, so I'm a writer, a publisher of horror comics, uh, and like you said, back in was it 2017? You said or 2018? I think it, I think it was 2018. I think 18, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I started the publisher around around then after Light Comics that year, about in August, and we've gone on from from there. Really, um, we crowdfund most of our comics online on Kickstarter, and we are up to like thirty two crowdfunders now. And <clears throat> we've published all different types of horror comics. So there's like psychological, folk horror, supernatural. Uh, creature monster horror um and yeah we've we've completed series now we've got trade paperbacks and things have like you said have really flourished and that's down to the people that have supported us you know since since they dot really as well and continue to jump along for the ride which is which is awesome fantastic and it's it's very well deserved um all of your books are, are very well written and produced and the art the art from the artist is absolutely fantastic um and uh the one that you've got going at the moment which is um from when this airs it will have about two weeks left i think about 14 days left um moth hill um issue number three yeah yeah so that's um that's uh like a a horror comic series uh inspired by the legend of the mothman so like the mothman is this like uh half hybrid man half moth uh, creature that people 
believe in in uh, all over the world like this like a bit like big four a bit like loch ness you know those kind of folklores and um, we just based like a crime detective horror series around that mystery of the mothman mm. and it's got like silence of the lambs vibes <clears throat> and basically you're following these two two detectives who are investigating like a trail of murders that are being left behind by the mothman and it's about really like closing the net uh, on him and finding out what his intentions have been this entire time and it's got like silence of the lambs vibes to it uh like really like dark horror serious uh, vibes to it that's awesome man because i was i was looking through some of my the, the the books that i've got um from from you um and i've got folk tales of the cryptids mm-hmm. here and in in your back matter there you got the cryptid folklore <laughs> And you've got the Puk Wuji, mm-hmm. yeah, the legend right, of yeah. Momo, yeah, the Chubacabra, Chubacabra. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> and I've never actually seen it spelled I think, out. But I, think, was... <laughs> I think you came up with a new cryptid then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The Chukachuk. <laughs> no, yeah. Or maybe I'm being possessed. Um, and then, yeah, the Mothman. I see the Mothman's here. Yeah. Um, yeah. which is a really freaky kind of looking one um mm. full on but uh yeah no absolutely fantastic to to see that um when did folk tales of the cryptids come, come out when you did that it will have been uh, i think that that year oh, it was 2018 as well yeah. yeah and then like it even started then you know mm-hmm. the mothman and it's it's still still going strong it's absolutely fantastic to yeah. see mate and um for, for, for everybody um that, that hasn't checked out Joey's work yet um just make sure that you, you search for moth hill on kickstarter or, or click on the link in the show notes um but but where else can people find you online yeah so the horror comics publisher that i run is called afterlight comics so if you just type in afterlight comics on facebook twitter instagram or even on tiktok minus any dancing um <laughs> or afterlightcomics.com where we uh, have all our full digital comics collection there available to download and buy, and also like physical editions of every single thing that we've done, including variant books, and um, we ship directly to you as well. Um, yeah, and also if you are maybe in America, in like the West Virginia Point Pleasant area, uh, we're actually Moth Hill is stopped in the world's only Mothman Museum. So that's, wow. that's pretty cool. So if you, that is cool. <laughs> Moth Hill is actually sponsored. Number number one was actually sponsored by the Mothman Museum. So we had that like kind of tie in to uh, to the home of the Mothman. So you can't get any more uh, royal seal of approval there. I don't think. <laughs> no, not at all. That's like that's the creme de la creme of of, of Mothman law, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Um, that have, that's absolutely amazing. They have they have a twelve foot statue of the Mothman really outside the museum as well. It's like proper steel, wow. and like I, I dare anybody to Google that because you will see um, like the the Mothman's derriere as well. It's like it's like. Oh my god! I'm I'm literally looking at it right now, (laughs) folks at home. Google it. It's a good, some good fun. There's a weird, there's a weird one where there's like some cartoon character mascot, yeah, that's standing right next to him. I don't know what that's about. But it's it's it's, maybe it's me. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, you're you're, you're in there. Oh, but that's (laughs) amazing. Oh, then somebody's dressed up in a in a hula skirt. (laughs) <laughs> I see. 
on some of these oh my god that's wild man that's wild <laughs> cool, so it's, it's that's how big that's how big you know that's how big like this like cryptid yeah, folklore is over exactly. there you know, there's a lot of really passionate people about folklore so i hope to do it just wow. as we tell me story amazing well done uh well um yeah no um it's it has been amazing to to see you flourish over over the past few years, uh, but I'm, I'm going to have to bring you back down to earth. I'm afraid, Jerry, because unfortunately, whilst you're on your um, rise of success, there's actually been an uprising of super intelligent apes um, that are intent on bringing down human society. <laughs> so, my, my my question for you is: What is your action plan for survival? Oof. So how how intelligent are, are these apes? Are they smarter than the ones in the Planet of the Apes movies, like the latest reboot? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smarter so they're, 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 they're a little bit smarter than that even. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I was I was thinking about this before. I, I probably, my wife is a big prepper. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> for for <laughs> when anything, everything goes tits off. So uh, it got me picking up. Uh, tin, tins of beans and stuff every time I do a shop so to <laughs> store in the attic so we're, we're pretty uh, stocked up so I think we'd awesome we'd um, bug in for as long as we can board the windows up and nice s- like uh, seal up the doors for as long as we can and then you know once things maybe calm down a little <laughs> and all, all the humans have been enslaved or something into some camps then we might be able to like start to sneak our way out so i was thinking that we would make our way towards the ocean ocean side something like that and like yeah. stay in stay in the open land because i think mm-hmm. like the ape, the apes might be sticking to the tree tops to you know mm. scout out and things like that so they won't necessarily be out in the open potentially so and then get all nicely camouflaged and learn to track maybe like eight track eight feet or something you know like <laughs> keep an eye out for that um and i was thinking you know just just to just to get on a boat somewhere like as soon as we get to the ocean like find a boat and just get get on the boat i know you're saying they're super intelligent but they still might not like water so yeah. like you see in the zoos you know like they're, they're always nice. surrounded by a lake aren't they so i was thinking if we could get somewhere maybe to an island or something like that from from there we might have a chance <laughs> no doubt fantastic well let's say that you managed to, to 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 get on a boat but but some other people have had the same idea but um they're they're humans so it's all safe um and uh on on the boat on on your trip to find an uninhabited island um you know you get chatting about what you did in the before times and things and uh they they come on to the fact that, you know, you're a comic book writer and publisher. Um, and they, they start asking you these these specific questions. And the first question they ask is, what's the first comic you remember enjoying? First comic I remember enjoying was probably... Um, well, the f- first comic I probably read was like The Dandy. Like when mm, I was... Back like, in the day. <laughs> yeah, way back in the day. And I, I'm only saying that because like. Uh, it's the first comic I picked up, but I didn't necessarily enjoy. Mm. Just it, it was in my hands, but I just wasn't clicking with me, you know. Like that, yeah. that kind of first comic experience. Maybe if you'd have put like 
a Marvel comic or something in my hands, I would have been, you know, a bit more susceptible to it as a younger mm. person. But it, for, my comics really came in, in into late into my life around God, five, six years ago, and it was the Walking Dead comics. Um, and yeah, like Walking Dead issue one, you know, just that set that setup and the premise. Like you, yeah. I love I love stories where you are starting anew with the character themselves. They don't know what the scenario is, situation mm. is, and they're you're learning with them along the way. So like in number one, Walking Dead, you know, if people don't know the crimes where wakes up in a hotel, uh, hotel hospital, <laughs> hospital bed. And, um, you know, he's in the middle of a zombie apocalypse and literally he, you, you just in the middle of it, you know, and you let, get to know new characters with him, knowing whether to trust people, those people or not. And mm. I just love that premise. And that was really one of the, best comics that I could have really hooked hooked me in and, you know, made me fall in love with comics and honestly, like, inspired me to, to write my own comics, if I'm honest. Like, yeah. It showed, opened the door to this world where everything doesn't have to be a superhero story. There's stories out there that appeal to people than, than just uh, that massive superhero genre, you know, like, and even more so horror, you know. So, yeah, definitely... Uh, Walking Dead has been massive inspiration. Just like you know, uh, I've read them all now, and that yeah, yeah, that that's the most enjoyable mm. one for me. Fantastic, and yeah, no, I had a really similar experience with that. Um, coming to to comics later as well, and The Walking Dead being being the same, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it was quite quite transformative, and it's 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 amazing to have that even kind of like you know later later in life um to find this medium isn't it um yeah. and you just really connect with it but you're quite right in saying that you know maybe back in the day when you were a young lad um maybe if it was a different comic and you might have clicked sooner but uh you know what happened happened <laughs> and, yeah. and here we are um but uh yeah no, i was i was going to mention just the fact that it it, it was it's so interesting when i did read the first walking dead um comic obviously the similarities of the start of 28 days later mm. um and uh i i was reading a uh an interview um that robert kirkman did and he he, he does claim that he he didn't see the movie before mm. actually writing that um even though there are really similar times and uh and the similarity for those that don't know is that um in 28 days later the main character played by uh killian murphy wakes up in a hospital <laughs> um and uh yeah discovers that he's now in a zombie apocalypse and obviously it's the same for, for rick grimes um but uh yeah no it's just it's it's, it's interesting that they came up with the same start <laughs> mm. there must have been something in the air at the time or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's it's that that premise isn't it like it's yeah. an easy easy uh start to go yes. to go from like wait, waking up in the hospital with like no sort of memory and yeah that kind of yeah like a bang on the head kind of thing <laughs> yeah totally man totally fantastic so yeah you 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 read that you got inspired to start writing your um your own comics and and what was your first the first comic that you wrote 
uh, it will have been Ghost Island issue one. Uh, ah, yes. So yeah, um, yeah. For anyone that hasn't heard of Ghost Island, it's like a supernatural horror comic. And uh, like uh, in my first year of conventions, I did like twenty nine conventions, and I was mm. just selling this one comic book. And like, it wasn't until like the fifth or sixth convention that I tabled with a friend one day, and I was explaining the the story to him and stuff, so he could help me sell it. And he was like. Oh, it's like Jurassic Park with Ghost Then I was like, literally had not <laughs> thought of that pitch until he said it to me, and I was like, "That is that is class." And it just sums it up, <laughs> really. You know, need. yeah. That's what you need. So that's why I always say to people, you know, from when I'm introducing it, and it's just a quick, quick hook to say whether you're going to be into it or not. So, yeah, Ghost Island One was the the first issue, and we did six issues of that, and I actually like. Because Walking Dead was such an inspiration to me, I went on to that that uh, you know that inspired uh, first time comic writer. I'm going to write this big long running series. It's going to be like Walking mm. Dead. It's going to be all these issues, you know. And <laughs> halfway through the writing Ghost Island, I was like, it's just it's going to be too hard. People are going to you know lose interest, and it's, it's so hard to make a indie comic and you know just just one issue at a time let alone all these issues so yeah i, t- I scaled myself back and it ended up just being six issues and then we did a trade paperback uh two years ago and then last year we did a hard, first hardback of it which is really nice so oh brilliant cool cool to see it all in isn't one. it yeah it's, it's so good to have the hardback isn't yeah. it like it it's feels pr- it feels proper <laughs> well it's literally a weapon i could it, it would do yeah right t- taken into this apocalypse you know, yeah see right <laughs> clang a clang an ape around the head <laughs> fantastic fantastic um and you know you're you've become a, a, a vastly experienced comic book writer publisher and also kickstarter um for for, for anyone out there looking to to start start off on a similar journey um what advice would you have given to yourself um now that you've lived the past uh few yeah. years <laughs> yeah uh, i could fill a book with with just that you know answers to that question in itself but i'll try and slim it down um basically my first kickstarter was for ghost island issue one and it was 44 pages and it was going to be a perfect bound book as well for people uh, if most people will know, but listen to the podcast, but Perfect Bound is like a thicker, it's got like a thicker spine. It's not just a floppy comic, but this thicker spine also means heavier comic for, when you're sending it posted, posting it out. It also means uh, bigger printing costs. Mm-hmm. And just basically, I just totally overscaled um, mm. everything for my first comic, first dip, dip in my toe in. And it could have really broke me from the, from before I'd even started to, you know, before you can even start walking. So um, I would have definitely started much smaller. I probably would have done like what I did with Folktales of the Cryptids, which is like four, six-page short horror stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just you know, cut your teeth and, you know, get used to the, the writing process of writing a comic, like six short stories, beginning, middle, and end, and know how to uh, start start the story and, you know, finish it. Um and then you can take it to sell it to conventions as like a one book instead of like the very first issue that you've got on your table and people not knowing who you are and like investing 
in mm. you and just the issue one when you've got not really a big big enough proven track record to like finish a series and stuff like that because a lot mm-hmm. a lot of people you know for all different kinds of reasons drop off and you know don't get to see the end to the books so um yeah so definitely the advice would be just like to scale everything back to just like 24 pages or even like a zine you know like or submitting to an anthology where there's uh, like other creators that you could you know talk to and submit your comic to and you know get at the end of the day you want to get published so you know just uh, just literally to sum up scale everything back start small and <laughs> you know work work yourself work your way from there really 100 percent, man yeah, yeah sage sage advice for sure and and for those listening out there um on on the edge of of trying to you know write your first comic book or do your first kickstarter please do listen um because <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been there as well <laughs> and, yeah. you know it's like you know just 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 make sure you start small keep it simple and uh yeah build build up slowly <laughs> yeah yeah i i probably like myself would be listening to this podcast and then still not listening to me and like, i know no, yeah i'm doing it exactly exactly <laughs> classic <clears throat> yeah but uh you know such such is life isn't it such mm. is life fantastic now going back to the boat um and the next question that crops up in your um your ship's conversation is uh what's the funniest comic that you've read I'm going to be referencing a lot of Walking Dead here. Sorry, <laughs> it's all good. Just, uh, just because it, like, I've read so many issues of you know that series and just left such an impression on me. But the funniest for me, like, laugh out loud moment, like, in it is like when Negan's introduced. Yeah. Um, like, he's for people that don't know, like, Rick Grimes is like the main hero protagonist, and you follow him. He's a great leader. Uh, he's leading like the loads of different like camps and you know giving people hope and then literally like this antagonist called Negan comes onto the scene and just met like totally the arm is everything about Rick like this guy that everyone relied on just totally strips and bare of like all power and there's a there's a scene in the comic where he's just Negan and his gangs have arrived um, at Alexandria, which is one of Rick's camps where everyone everyone lives, and um, he has to like just forfeit loads of his um, food, crops, supplies, literally loads. And um, there's a line that Negan says to Rick um, whilst he's just Rick's just staring at the ground, and Negan's smiling in his face, and he's like, he says this line: "It's." it's Thank you for being so accommodating, friend. In case you haven't caught on, I just slipped my <laughs> down your throat and you thanked me for it. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, that line, he's just like, and Rick can literally do nothing in this moment as well. He just like has to sit there and yes. take this disrespect. Right. And, you know, like, yeah. and just simmer with that inside. And like, this is in front of like the camp and people as well. But it's just like this, this, the sheer balls on Negan to just you know do this and it's just it's really like a shell shock to the reader like oh my god this guy <laughs> oh yeah totally like like just yeah the the, the cojones on this guy uh, <laughs> massive and uh, yeah he's uh, he's just completely dominating and, and and the way that he presents it as well like mm-hmm. like the way that 
Negan talks is just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely it's got so, away with words, hasn't he? Oh yeah, you bet. You, I, I, I bet. Um, you know, um, Kirkman had a had a had a lot of fun yeah. <laughs> with playing around with how many uh, f bombs he can he can put in. Absolutely, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, now uh, switching gears, um, what's the saddest comic that you've read? So, um, I'm I'm a massive fan of uh, James O'Barr's comic, The Crow, and it's like. For- People that don't know, it's, a, it's a, a book that it took about 10 years, 10 years to make. Um, I, th- I think it was self-published himself and then it's until it got picked up and then um, and then a couple of years later it's the, was adapted into the film that we know today um, mm. with Brandon Lee, who tragically died on the set as well. So there's just like lots of tragedy that surrounds this whole um, story and concept of the crowd. And just like the, you can tell, well, the 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 story behind James O'Barr, the author and artist of the crowd, he his his partner actually died in a in a hit and run incident by a drunk driver, and so he oh, he was inspired to write the crow um, in in memory of his wife. Um, so, like it, the words that uh, the the character uses, you know you. It's that you can tell, like it's literally his heart bleeding onto the page, and like he's talking to his wife still, and um, that's why it took so long for him to 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 make because you know it was it's got to be so difficult, and it's definitely it has lots of sad elements to that. Um, so yeah, it's left such an impression on me, and as well as the film as well, um, and I actually got to meet um, James at. Um, Wales Comic Con a couple of weeks ago, which was just oh, like cool. my, my, so so cool. Um, I took my book and I was like, just like that, like a teenage girl at Justin Bieber concert. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> so title fanboy, yeah. Because <laughs> I've, I've got a crow tattoo and everything as well. And oh, just like, cool, man. yeah. Um, so I went up to him, got my sat book signed, and I got a commission as well. Uh, so I got like nice. a crow pro sketch as well which is awesome and i got he, he got to see him like draw it and everything right in front oh of him, so cool awesome. yeah wicked um, yeah it's a big moment for me that yeah oh that's amazing that was just a couple of weeks ago yeah yeah it was back in um, just before uh december lost two weeks into december last year yeah. oh wow that's so cool yeah. man that's yeah, awesome yeah. That's wicked. And did did you show off your tattoo or? <laughs> uh, no, because I didn't want to freak him out that much. Yeah, exactly. yeah fair play. You but, were able but, to control yeah, yourself. Yeah, but but I did um I did show Moth Hill uh, like one of the issues of Moth Hill, and he actually like flipped through cool. all the pages and he said it was it's really cool and yeah that, that was cool. Oh, that's awesome, man! It's yeah. it's so cool when when that happens. I I did I I, I showed um. Not that it's similar in any way, shape, or form, but I showed Charlie Adlard, uh, yeah. Milford Green, and he he enjoyed it. And of course, uh, Charlie did the. the I, I managed to get it? Charlie to yeah to do the the oversized bookmark for the oversized edition, That's so cool. and I sent it. I sent him the uh, the hardback, and he he really enjoyed it. He said awesome. so. Yeah, that was a that's a yeah. dream come true as well, man. It's so yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Oh no, massively. 
it's yeah. uh it's a uh, another another good moment and you know that's that's the great thing about the comic industry you can kind of you know almost like talk to the the best creators out there mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. if you just go to the right cons and um speak speak to people and things and uh yeah no, and they're open to it as well it's not like it, it's kind of like a i don't know they're not like in ivory towers yeah. <laughs> type of thing you know yeah. it's not it's not like movies yeah. where it's like it's completely un um fathomable i mm. guess but uh yeah no it's uh it's, it's a great great industry i think yeah on the whole <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh now um switching gears once again what's the scariest comic or most horrifying moment in a comic that you've read yeah so back to back to walking dead um yeah so it's like a, a issue 100 um so basically uh there's spoilers for walking dead by the way uh negan mm-hmm. uh makes his first impression uh, on the group and the rick's group and uh takes this baseball bat that he's so oddly named uh, called Lucille and just like beats the hell out of one of the uh, uh, co-main characters uh, in the group and in just such a brutal way, like displayed in a comic, you know, Um, like because the guy's pleading for his life and his his partner is uh, screaming no as well whilst he's being held back. And he's just like laughing and smiling whilst he's doing it, and it's just because it the, the pages when when there's like a big lead up to this moment, like of tension, you know, you you know something's going to happen. So for me, especially in horror comics, it's building the atmosphere up and the tension of what could could possibly happen, or you know what can happen, and making the reader think, oh shit, what's the next, what's going to come next, and like each panel is just like so well paced yeah. that it just goes on and on and on. It's like, it's really difficult to like keep reading on honestly, because you know, it's just like, Oh my God, when, when's this going to end? You know, and uh, just look, cause literally there's, there's nothing left pretty much by the end of the issue of the guy. So I think that's <laughs> a pretty uh, shocking moment in comics, to be honest. Absolutely, and completely horrifying. Mm. Um, yeah, there's one page on it. I'm actually kind of flicking through it just now and uh, mm. just re-going over it. And yeah, the the the, the final um, panel, which is a, a one pager yeah. of uh, of the character that's that's killed, it's just like an absolute mess. Yeah. It's just absolutely brutal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man. Um, Negan's so just it's, walking it's, away saying Tatar, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. like, right. <laughs> business like business is day. done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Just looking up a day at the office. Oh, 100%, man. 100%. Absolutely shocking. Um, now, um, moving on to one of my favourite questions, and that is, what is your favourite cover? Yeah, so um, it's uh, called The Plot, issue one, and uh, it's by Vault Comics. And I'm not hundred percent the name of the the artist that did it, but it's just it's just stood out to me so much. Uh, Joshua Hickson, sorry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, seen him. I think he's done a few horror things. 
but just like I love like the composition of this cover. You got like the moon in the background, and then this like swamp thing like looking person just like engulfed by these all different like wrangling vines all around them and then you got like this gothic house in the background and then just like the all the composition of the colors it's just it's just like it's it would just immediately sell me and if i seen it in the comic shop i would just be so drawn to that and just pick it up instantly and find out what it's about you know yeah totally man Totally, and it's it's, it's a nice uh, use of colours as well because the yeah. the swamp thing type looking um, character on the front is kind of like this, almost like a it's like a midnight blue, yeah, isn't it? Let's say midnight blue green type thing, and then like the background is red, but then like the house on the hill there mm. is kind of like uh, a deep deep purple almost. Yeah maybe <laughs> i'm saying that it's a, it's absolutely beautiful it's funny isn't it like the phrase don't judge a book by a cup by its cover just gets thrown out and comics i think you know you yeah. you do you do judge it don't you know that's oh yeah no it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's a major part of comics unfortunately <laughs> isn't it is the cover yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does it it does a lot of the heavy lifting yeah. um but uh yeah no um and obviously that's the thing it's just it's such a focus of um of comics isn't it and perhaps mm. that's that's one of the strong strengths of comics over other mediums is that the cover is such a focus and you know we manage to like as a as an industry you manage to really dial that in basically to try and attract people um yeah, yeah maybe they could learn a thing or two elsewhere i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but uh yeah no that's a, that's an absolutely fantastic cover um and uh yeah and, and and what's the actual comic about sorry um i read I, I think i read issue one a long time ago um yeah i honestly honestly can't remember because it was that yeah, long it, fl- it flies by doesn't it yeah when you've uh when you've read something like that um but so the the basic plot there is yeah when chase blaine's estranged brother and sister-in-law are murdered he becomes guardian to mckenzie and zach the niece and nephew he hardly knows seeking stability for the children chase moves his newly formed family to his ancestral home in cape augusta which overlooks a deep black bogland teemed with family secrets Dun, dun, dun. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's just it's about secrets and uh, and kind of deep dark things. So yeah, yeah. it's no, got like that it. house on haunted cool. hill kind of vibe, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. No, that's very cool, very cool. Uh, now, uh, what comic? And I think I know the answer <laughs> to this. <laughs> do you repeatedly read the most? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I think you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Walking Dead is probably like I had the big two compendiums for a long time, um, and yeah, it's it's taught me a lot, you know, like in terms of because I do, for publishing comics, I, I do a lot of the a lot of the creative work. The only thing I don't do in the comics really is the coloring and the um, the art. But I'll do the book design, the book layout, setting up everything for printing, proofing, lettering, um, all these sort of things. And like just 
looking at page layouts and pacing of the comic, you know, how everything's set up, even from like learning, just learning the books, uh, learning lettering from reading the books, you know, where where everything should go, like composition-wise and things like that. It's taught me a lot. It's just like better than any like book could, you know, like a, you know, comic book making for dummies kind of thing. You you learn your craft from reading them and um, experiencing them from my from my own uh, personal view. Um, so it's just like not only like giving me entertainment, you know, I've learned a lot from it as well, like a like a masterclass kind of. You know, there's a reason why it's so successful and you want to try and mimic that success. Well, there's no better way to, than to like, you know, read read the the good comics is there. Oh, 100 percent man. Yeah. Um and uh yeah just really getting to to know the the craft mm-hmm. like how it's how it's all done and and trying to yeah um broaden your your reading as well. Um mm-hmm. and just seeing how other other people do it and seeing if you can you can bring one way of doing things in one particular genre um into another, you know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. it's uh it's really interesting and that and that's what's you know um this this podcast has afforded me that opportunity to kind of look at a, a mass array of um, of different comic styles basically it's been absolutely uh incredible and uh yeah no um there's nothing nothing like reading uh comics to to get to know comics is there yeah 100 percent. yeah now um I uh, I'm going to ask you the next question, and I'm going to be interested to, to 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 see how else you can frame it. But what's the most meaningful comic to you? Yeah, well, going back to it, you know, like it's, it, I wouldn't be where I am now in terms of the the amount of comics I've written and the you know commitment to it, um, without you know the book that the books that inspired me to get into them, you know, open my eyes and, you know, like I said before, you know, open the door to more, more than just superhero comics, you know, even, even horror comics, which is obviously now what I do for the past five years. And, um, you know, that's like the walking dead series. It's also like other Robert Kirkman series, like the outcast as well. I've enjoyed. Um, and, you know, just telling that like drama based in like a real world. Um, you know, if these things existed, how would like the real world cope and uh, deal with that? And that's what uh, I try to do in most of the uh, stories that I write and tell is like I try and uh, base them in the real world so so that they're relatable to people, um, relatable to characters and how they would, you know, deal with things as well. Um and make it more immersive. That's that's what's a big thing for me is making comics immersive and and getting you to really experience the story from the person's shoes as well. Um, so yeah, there's just like those series, obviously that I've I've started off reading. Um, those two in particular, because they were both both horror inspired as well. So um, yeah, and also like. There was, I went to my first comic convention in 2017 as a punter. Um, it was Edinburgh Comic Con. Uh, and the Comic Con doesn't exist anymore. It got 
shut, shut down after COVID, unfortunately. But um, it was the first convention uh, I went to that, like, I just wanted to experience it. I travelled like three hundred miles from the northwest up up to the top, and it was like the the only convention on at the time, and I was getting this like tick feeling for writing a comic so i just wanted to nice. go up there and network with people and see how it was and got there and just ultimately like i'm pretty like introverted so like going up there on my own get there and you know what comic cons are like you know yeah. <laughs> the first one as well they can be quite like overwhelming and i was just walking around like the artist alley and stuff i was like shit you know, it's, it's quite, it's quite intimidating, you know, I, and like, I, I just didn't want to go up to anyone just for the sheer factors, like just nerves and stuff. But, um, I actually stopped by, met Dave Cook for the first time. Oh, there, cool. And I think he was into his second, second year of making comics and he had, um, issue one of Bust, which is like an apocalyptic, uh, series that he does as well ongoing. And just like, you know, spent, you know, gave me some, gave me some time, you know, talk, talk to him. And I did that thing that, you know, they must, creators must get sick of, like, is that I said, oh, I've got an idea for a comic or like, you know, I'm writing my own, I'm writing my own, you know, that, that, that old charm. Um, But, but, you know, he's so gracious and like, just talking to me, like, gave me a lot of time and, uh, yeah, I was picked up, picked up bust and, uh, literally, before I got the train home, I um, sat at like the train station and read Bust One and just like seeing now. Now I'd read like these Walking Deads and like you know like the big publishers and stuff. Actually picking up like an indie guy's comic and seeing him be able to do it as well was also a massive inspiration. And that's what I've said to Dave as well. You know, like that day that I met you, you know, it was big. It was a big um, moment for me too as well. Like actually speaking to you, like building up the courage to actually speak to you in the end and yeah. uh, learning, learning about what he did and what he has done. And, you know, look where he is now, you know, he's done amazing. So it's big. Yeah. He's always been a massive inspiration. So, you know, I say, I say the walking dead and I say the outcast uh, and all those, but like also just picking up an indie, indie comic like Dave's that day as well. And, and speaking to creator was a massive inspiration and push for me to do, do what I'm doing now too. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, speaking of uh, indie indie comics and uh, smaller smaller publishers and whatnot, what's the most underrated comic that you've read? <clears throat> yeah, so I read um, this comic called Let's All Die, which is um, I think it's a four issue series, limited mm. series. I'm not hundred sure, percent who the publisher is. Weird book, weird book. They're called. Um, well, I think it's I think it's definitely indie. Um, basically, it's just a really cool twist, like a high. I love high concept ideas and just executed well. You know, that's yeah. I just want you know that story told well. I don't don't I don't want the you know five hundred word pitch about like the whole massive series and massive universe. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I just want to pick something up self-contained or something i just want to fly <laughs> sure, through right. it you know and just have you know just like it's like putting on your favorite movie you know like something you can sit back kick back and you know know that yeah. you're going to be entertained so like the premise of this is um a group of would-be suicides make a deal with a wealthy owner of camp silver skies 
they will go there to be killed by Adam, a modern-day Leatherface, famous for his brutality. Let's all die. Thus begins like a dreamlike dream of death, difficult to realize for six kids who can't stand life anymore. Uh, so it's like about it's like this twist. Like once they get there, they kind of don't don't want to die anymore. That's like, and then they're fighting for survival. It's just like, yeah, it's, I, I found it like a really cool twist, and it's like a the art is just like awesome and the colors as well. Yeah. It's like really really cool. I really enjoyed it. So I think not a lot of people know about that one. Um, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, definitely, I, I hadn't heard of it, and uh, yeah, no, it is. It's like the art is is awesome. Yeah, I love it. Isn't it really cool? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, no, really good. And I think it's it's Italian originally. Is it? Yeah, is it? I believe so. Yeah. Um, that's cool, eh? Yeah. Um, that's really good. Um, wicked. Yeah, nice recommendation. After seeing get a copy over here somewhere. Um, now, uh, coming on to our last question in regards to comics, and that is if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be? Well, seeing as we're going into the super intelligent ape apocalypse, I know there's a few Planet of the Apes graphic novels, so... Yeah. I might have to get a heads up and uh, start reading up on what the potential is uh, a future <laughs> ape world could look like, and uh, maybe maybe be a good human citizen or a rebellion. I see how see what happens at the end of the issue, and then I might decide. So I'm going to say some some plenty of the apes uh, graphic <laughs> novel go. kind of. Yeah. There's, a, there's plenty I'm out not, there. So oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, you could probably fill an entire long box. So let's go with the long box of uh, of Planet of the Apes yeah. comics, basically. Um, and uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely fine. Um, so yeah, along with that, uh, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take with you as well? Could I take some bananas? I think nice. maybe some <laughs> some apes might be uh, I might be able to bribe some apes with with that, <laughs> you know, like pay them off and. Didn't see nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah. Let us pass. Absolutely. Yeah. That's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> well, um, Joey Oliveira, um, thank you so much um, for sharing your comments for the apocalypse. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, it's been awesome. It's been a real, real fun chat. Thank you for having me. Hey, no worries, man. And for the listeners, uh, one more time, where can they find you online? Yeah, you can find uh, the publisher Afterlight Comics at afterlightcomics.com or all the, if all the social medias if you just type in Afterlight Comics. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Joey Afterlight. Uh, yeah, and that's it, afterlightcomics.com. Fantastic. And and again, those shows are in the note, those links are in the show notes, folks. So uh, feel free to, to click through, check out Joey's work um, and uh, make sure that you go check out Moth Hill and if it's your thing, um make sure that you back it um and uh you'll 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 enjoy a good solid series um and you'll you'll get it well delivered as well because joey is the most reliable kickstarterer that i know (laughs) so Um, it's uh it's it's well well done mate we cheers we we sent to print for moth hill today so uh we'll be ready to go once once the pledges come through as well yeah awesome well played mate well played 
Excellent. Uh, well, thanks again, Joey. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to our paths crossing once again at Comic Con soon. Absolutely. Cool, man. You take it easy. Thank you, man. Bye for now. Bye now. Thanks again to Joey for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Joey's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the near future, I'll see you next time. Bye for now.